You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth are you doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight, you never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now please. Get off this planet while you still have a choice. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right, folks. After last week's wonderful discussion we had, we thought it'd be kind of fun to go look at one of the newest episodes and stories from Big Finish, which celebrates International Women's Day. We are looking at the 8th of March. It's a four full cast adventures featuring... uh, Familiar characters that you know and love from the world of the new series of Doctor Who and some from the old series. It's actually a lot of fun and it was, it's neat to actually break up a lot of like, Hey, watch this episode, watch this episode and watch this episode and actually get brand new adventures on big finish. So we're going to be doing that over the next few months and we got a great crew to talk all about that with me. Of course, let's say hey to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. And, of course, the lovely Mary Ogles here, too. Hi, everybody. It is great to be here. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about this one with you guys. You know, uh, when I was talking offline about it to Mike Gordon yesterday, and he was, like, saying the one thing with this we all wished was that they all tied together somehow, other than them all taking place on the 8th of March in different years and stuff. It would have been great if there was a running theme, a running villain, something. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it, but uh, that was before I'd finished listening to it, a couple of others. And I think there are some, some. I don't know if they're intentional, but there are very subtle themes and not so subtle themes throughout these. But they're not directly, yeah, it's not a four-part adventure. These are four separate adventures that um, it's almost like a sampler of Big Finish, um, Doctor Who, female uh, characters. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. It's like, you know, instead of it being this one adventure that winds through the different, you know, characters and such, and them teaming up at points, you have different team ups from different eras of some of the characters you're familiar with and some that you've never seen together. So it's actually kind of fun and we'll talk all about it, but of course we want to hear from you at home please write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com or call us at 404-963-9057 and, you know, leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And speaking of feedback, we got a bit of feedback to talk about from this last episode we did where we talked about, you know, you know, the work of feminism in the new series of Doctor Who and we got some interesting emails. So usually we do emails at the end of the show, but I just thought it'd be a little more appropriate doing it at the beginning of it. So, you know, 
definitely, you know, there's no new Doctor Who news yet. They're still filming the new series, but nothing's really leaked out or no news. And I guess no news is good news in a lot of cases. So we're going to talk about the emails now. And we got a few different ones from some friends of the show, a couple of new people that we've never heard from before. And you could tell some of these are from people who have never listened to our show. So, you know, we're going to talk all about it and, you know, we'll be, you know, presenting our commentary in the meantime. So Mike, you want to do your first one? Uh, sure. Yeah. The first, uh, first one we're going to start with uh, is uh, from Mike D. So it's another Mike. Uh, AKA D sure. Um, not, I don't know this person personally. Uh, I don't know if they've ever listened to us before, but if they did, thank you. Uh, and their email, uh, begins, I have zero problems with Jodie Whittaker as the new doctor. I love Michelle Gomez as Missy and as a time Lord, I have no problem with him regenerating into a woman. Though personally, I would have preferred Jamie Murray, but that's just me nitpicking. For the most part, I think Jodie embodies the character well, and even more so, I love the idea of her traveling back in Earth's history and seeing how horribly women have been treated. It's an extra dimension the Doctor has never dealt with before. We get to see a taste of it in The Witchfinders, and I'm curious how she will deal with it in future episodes. The biggest problem I had with this season was the writing. There were some decent episodes, but I prefer my Doctor to deal with more sci-fi elements and not so much beating me with real-world issues i.e. Rosa, Demons of Punjab. Uh, they can touch on those things occasionally. Great. But it started to feel heavy and depressing after a while. I want to love my doctor because it feels good and is unique, not dread watching the next depressing story about how much humans suck. Uh, and that's that's what Mike D says. Um, so, yeah, not really commenting on, um, uh, you know, what how, how we presented it in, in our podcast, but just basically uh, giving his own two cents, which... Uh, you know what? Uh, I agree with some of those things and some of the others uh, will agree to disagree, Mike. <laughs> no, but it was very well said and very thought through. Yeah, I think so. I don't agree with everything he said either, but he, I mean, I can see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, it, it's good where they just don't complain like this next one that I got over <laughs> here. And this one actually is from... Uh, so he puts himself as Brian who, but his name is Brian Maddox. And he said, as a lifelong fan of Dr. Who and a Dr. Who follower, it peeves me off. Dr. Who has been destroyed just to please PC and feminists. Gender swapping. The doctor doesn't fit in the established history of the show. And no one who's making it now seems to care about the show's past. It's like being rewritten. Brian Maddox. I wow. kind of missed the whole point of Doctor Who with radically yeah. as you write that it was being rewritten. Yeah, they that person doesn't get it. Doctor Who is about change and about evolving and becoming a better version of yourself. If you look at any of the companions, that is what it's about. And that's why in the Ninth Doctor era you had Adam, the companion who failed because he was using it to his own advantage. And, you know, and that's not what traveling with the doctor is about. That's not what the doctor is about. Each time the doctor regenerates, it's a whole brand new era. It's a whole new, you know, feel for the show. And that's what it's been like over the last 55 years, almost 56 now. And if you don't understand that, you know, 
that's pretty sad because, you know, all through the era, especially the new series of Doctor Who, they've hinted that Time Lords are, you know, sexually fluid, basically, that they can be male or female and regeneration changes it. Hell, go back to the old series. Look at Romana. And, you know, she became aliens when she was testing out regenerate, you know, her regenerations. And, you know, she was looking at becoming that. That's where it hit. And folks, you know, it's right in the fourth doctor era. That's almost 40 years ago now. And, you know, if you, if you don't understand it, you know, you're missing the point of the show. And that's what we hit on last week or last episode. So, you know, I, this letters like this just annoy the hell out of me because, you know, the show, you know, so there's a female doctor. So what, you know, they could have a two headed alien doctor someday. So what? It's still doctor who it's still the same premise, you know, and until it changes and, you know, they don't do it anymore. And the show goes off the air. I'll be a fan of no matter what they do. Well, I was uh, very surprised. Well, kind of surprised. But when we released the episode um, uh, throughout the social media, we got a lot of responses from a lot of people who are uh, Doctor Who fans, friends of ours even, who sort of uh, were like, why are you covering this? Isn't this kind of old news? Um, emails like that prove that it's not old news. Um, exactly. Uh, and that, and that uh, you know, um, you know, I don't know if we made this clear when we recorded the episode, but um, uh, a couple weeks ago. But um, we we it wasn't like we sat around and said, "Let's talk about this." I mean, we got um, someone who uh, asked us this question at a convention, um, and and not because they felt that way, but because they were hearing that said from a lot of their contemporaries. So um, it was an issue that we felt that we should you know, kind of dip our toes into. So, um, and I think, uh, we did a pretty, it was pretty fun in, in its own way, uh, to, to do that, uh, for this show. Cause it's a little different for us, but, um, uh, yeah. So the, the, the reaction, I was kind of surprised when I saw the reaction from most of a lot of people online, it was either like, you know, yes, or that's old news, you know, like, I can't believe you guys are talking about this. Um, but I, you know, it was kind of interesting to see that dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I think you only have to look at our president and the Me Too movement. I, I don't don't make me do that, Mary. To say <laughs> to say that that this is far from old news. This is an ongoing discussion, and I mean, I can go on and on about how women don't get the representation in front and behind the camera in in the entertainment media. But you know, I don't have to go on because it's right there in front of your face. And um, you know, when you get what what. What really gets me is when you get this kind of extremist rhetoric that leaves no room for discussion. Like if you're going to be so rigid as to say something like the show has been destroyed, well, that leaves, there's nowhere to go from that. There's nothing to talk about. Exactly. Shut your mind off completely, which is sad for you. (laughs) However, you know, I, you know, I think it's really funny when I hear people say that the show now is, is being written for feminists. Cause let me tell you, I am a feminist. I am an unapologetic feminist. I will shout it from the rooftops. This show is not 
fulfilling my fondest dream of feminism. It's still got a long way to go, but it's it's definitely taking, you know, steps to get there. And, and I applaud that and I applaud the representation. And so does the big finish that, that we're reviewing. So I wish, you know, just all I ask is that people keep an open mind. I agree. You got a letter too, Mary? I do. See, I told you folks, we do have a lot of them to go. (laughs) (laughs) This letter is from, I'm sorry, I have not read this letter myself, so we are all going to be surprised, um, from Maria. Uh, Hi, I saw this post and thought I would drop a line as to my feelings on Doctor Who being a feminist platform, etc., that news flash, yeah, it's not a feminist platform. I am writing this as someone who was rattled by the fact that the doctor was going to be female. I am in my 50s, and so am I, and have been a fan for as far back as my memory goes. I had older brothers, and I can remember watching Patrick Troughton. So as you can imagine, it was a change I was unhappy with. Well, I'm the same age. <laughs> I was happy with it. I watched, um, I watched waiting for the tirade of feminist issues that would be hitting at us. Didn't happen. In fact, the sex of the doctor was so rarely mentioned that I forgot about the doctor being female. It was just the doctor. Now I have to eat all the harsh words I used prior to watching because the gender really was irrelevant. Now with a show this big worldwide, the fan base is broad, much broader than I previously realized. A small proportion of the fandom tend to be very vocal online. Boy, that's for sure. They dominate a lot of fan groups and have taken issue with a female doctor, just as I had before. I have heard it all over the past few months. It's too political. No different to previous series, really. There's a hidden PC agenda. There's a feminist agenda. As all the villains were white males, really? What color were the villains in the previous series? Everything in this season has been microanalyzed simply because the doctor changed genitalia. I have lost count of how many times I have read that the BBC are trying to alienate the vast majority of its main viewers, white adult males, the hardcore fans. I think that they firmly believe that that is who the show is made for, but it is not. It is a family show, and the vast majority watching will be kids probably watching with their family. It's how most of us started, but they are the vocal ones online. I have left many groups due to the bullying. Oh, I'm right there with you. There is always a section of the fandom that is unhappy with the writing or a new doctor, and that is normal. But the behavior of some of the fans online has made me ashamed of some of our fan base. The doctor's sex was deliberately played down in season 11. I think if the doctor had been played with exactly the same rage or darkness previous doctors had shown, the word bitch would have been bandied around. I get that some will be unhappy with the changes. It's smaller scale, more intimate storytelling won't be for the fans that want end of the universe epics every week. For me, it reminds me of the show I grew up with. Don't get me wrong. I want the occasional epic, but not every week. But there is no agenda. Just some unhappy fans that are looking for reasons to complain. 
sorry for taking. I'm sorry, I don't know what that last line is supposed to mean. I, you know, Maria, I, interestingly, I shared a similar journey with you and I will admit, and I, I am, I will call myself a hardcore feminist, but in the beginning, when they first started talking about um, having a female doctor, I had some misgivings. And I, but I know it was because, you know, when I look back on it, it was simply familiarity. It was simply a fear of change uh, because it's always easier to go with what, what you were familiar with. And when I, when I opened my mind to it, as it sounds like you have done, um, then I saw all the possibilities and, and I was thrilled. And while this season was not everything I hoped it would be, I still think that uh, having a female doctor really brought some some uh, some great new things to talk about in Doctor Who, and some new new perceptions and ways to look at story that we didn't have before. And so I'm grateful for it. One point that Maria makes that I, I appreciate, and we didn't really, you know, all season long actually, I was frustrated because I thought that. <clears throat> that Jody wasn't given a chance to be super confident or super intelligent or, or even have some of those doctor authoritatively rage filled speeches that sometimes that the other doctors are given. And it is quite possible that Maria opens that, that possibility or talks about it, that if they had done that, maybe the producers were afraid that she, she would be labeled at least this early on in her her, as her debut as the doctor as as a bitch too bitchy right so maybe they they backed off that a little bit i don't know i'd i'd hate to think that they that they you know didn't want to stand with her but but maybe there is something to that no agreed yeah. completely with that yeah. i think she has a point there i i felt the same something similar i mean i felt like they they were almost afraid to make her too un, quote unquote aggressive because of how she would be perceived. Yeah. Well, exactly. And we even brought that up last week, especially if she came on too strong that she would be coming across as a bitch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, too many people would be like, Oh, you know, but we also did comment and said that was one of the weak parts of the writing is, you know, the doctor is supposed to be the smartest person in the room. And she wasn't this season. Yeah. She was held back. And Mm -hmm. I hope that that does not happen next season. Exactly. I hope they let her just, I hope they let her go, you know, and get on and become the doctor. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, and they put, you know, certain companions in the background instead, instead of them becoming the lead because they're white and male. I'm not naming names. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, you know, I'm just sitting here with my graham crackers. Don't worry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, Mikey, what, what do you got? Okay, I've got an email. The subject is DW13 uh, from Christine. Uh, I believe the last name is Retner. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. But, Christine, we appreciate the email. Um, sh- uh, Christine writes, I think you may want to define, quote, unquote, feminist a person who supports feminism, which is defined as uh, the belief that men and women should have equal rights and opportunities, the doctrine advocating social, political, and all other rights of women equal to those men of men. Uh, feminism 
is at its core about equality of men and women, not sameness. Then she includes a link to a Forbes article basically talking about it's titled, What is Feminism and Why Do So Many Women Women and Men Hate It? Uh, Then she goes on, perhaps all shows should be feminist. I would hate for the people who think females can't be as good as a male to have their daughters and granddaughters not believing they are as capable as a male or that they are not allowed to be as capable as a male. Uh, Even back in classic DW, there were female pilots, military personnel, captains of spacecrafts, leaders of groups. How is this different? It is different because she is the lead story, not in the background. It is different because for 50 plus years, People had an image of who Doctor Who was, and she looks and acts different. Uh, Doctor Who 10 would not say that Dr. Donna was, for that short time, the most important person in the universe, savior of planets and beings, if he did not believe it. Uh, The Doctor 4 would not have trusted Leela for her help and protection if he had thought of her as less capable. She would kick his time lord ass. People change. People hate change, especially when they have an emotional attachment to a particular pattern. This is normal. Using a writer and an actress as a scapegoat is silly. Signed, Christine. Very well said. Yeah, she makes she makes some great points there. Absolutely. Well, it really sucks when people, you know, feel so inferior about themselves, and you know they have to take it out on their favorite TV show if there's change in it. And, you know, we find that all through fandom, though. It's just not Doctor Who nowadays. Yeah, I I mean, it is difficult. I mean, for a show, as we mentioned before, it's a show that is about, um, you know, that should be about exploration of, of something different. Um, the fact that it's been on for 50 plus years, a lot of people get so comfortable with that with certain things and any sort of change to that, whether it be uh, the change in the TARDIS, the interior or exterior, the change of the Sonic, the change of anything uh, can send uh, the, the Dr. Who fans into a frenzy. Um, and this was a, this was a, a, a pretty much a, a more radical change than all of that, I think. But nevertheless, it, it just seems like, um, you know, this, this should be a show that the fandom, I don't know. It's just one of those things like Star Trek where it should encourage that kind of thought pattern from its fans, not, not try to, um, not try to appease them, uh, for, to remain the, the status quo. Exactly. The initial, th- you know, theme of Star Trek was all about inclusiveness, including everybody. Well, well yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, I have definite thoughts on Star Trek and the way it started and the way it, what has happened to that. So that's a whole different other podcast. But, but uh, um, I will say that you know I'm I I will say as a fan of both Star Trek and Doctor Who over the past fifty years, I am much more proud uh, of the um, advancements and the inclusion that Doctor Who has subscribe to and has incorporated in their show than I am of Star Trek. No. Yeah, I agree. It's all I can say is step out of your box. 
<laughs> and that, you know, that is the whole premise of Doctor Who. Every time the doctor steps out. <laughs> Literally, step out of the box. Step out of the box. You know, experience the world. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Well, and we get a lot of hate and such for Doctor Who, especially after every regeneration. Because, you know, you have people who are fans of the previous doctor are like, I'll never watch the show after this. This is not my doctor. You know, they've been doing that for 55 years or so already. You know, they've been pretty good at changing the show and evolving it, like we've said earlier tonight. And it's just been interesting to hear what people think about it and to talk about it. You know, there's people out there who still won't come back to the show because Tennant left as the doctor or, you know, Matt Smith is gone or this is nothing like the old series. I'm not going to watch it. You know, you're missing a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Well, and that said too, I mean, look, I, I'm I'm willing to throw this out there too. I mean, just because people are not watching it doesn't mean that they're necessarily like upset with the the, the fact that she's a woman. I mean, like there there are you can be critical of of this show without being a racist, without being a sexist. You can't. Um, so uh, look, if people say they don't like one, you know, they don't like the show. Um, because X, Y, and Z, that's fine. But if they start saying they don't like the show because, you know, there's a woman in the place, then that's, that's where I'm like, that's where I tune out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, I mean, we've all been pretty critical of this series, but, (laughs) but we all really, (laughs) but we all, I think have appreciated Jody and her portrayal of the doctor. Yeah, we have, but I, you know, if someone said to me, I don't like Jodie Whittaker, I, I think she's awful, I would be like, okay, I, you know, I can understand why you wouldn't watch Doctor Who. But if they're like, I don't, I don't think the Doctor should be a woman, then, then I'm like, okay, I have no time for you. Yeah. Exactly. All right. We got one more email. Whew. All right. Let me pull it up right here. And this one is from our friend, Mark Heffernan. Hey, Mark. Howdy, Mark. And he wrote, Mike and Mike and Mary, listen to the show a couple of days ago. Here are my thoughts regarding Series 11. Chris Chibnall had already said prior to the showrunner that the series would be something different. And I went in with an open mind. As he said at the end of the podcast, Doctor Who is a show about change. I think part of the problem is that embracing change is difficult for people, including Whovians. The first two episodes, which did not feature the TARDIS, suddenly had Whovians worried that the series would be a series-long arc about finding the TARDIS. This could have been an interesting idea and certainly something quite different from what we have seen in modern Doctor Who. That was a real disappointment about Series 11, the fact that Chris Chibnall simply didn't go far enough. Yes, the series featured all brand new adversaries, which I thought was a great idea, After all, even the Daleks and the Cybermen were new at one point. I don't think there was anything wrong with the Doctor not knowing some of these new adversaries. The universe is pretty big, and I don't think even the Doctor has been everywhere or seen every single race of sentient being. Rosa and Demons of Punjab were the standout stories for the season, but one does not have to wonder why they had even had aliens in the stories. Both would have worked out just as well without the alien presence. Once again, Chimnall didn't go far enough and simply do a straightforward historical story. Even with the TARDIS crew, I found the new dynamic to be quite different and refreshing. It felt like a great deal 
like the old first doctor era in some ways. Graham in many ways took the role that the first doctor played in the first season, the older, wiser, and more cynical gentleman, while the doctor herself was really playing the barber role, intelligent but less cynical and more empathetic. As far as the feminist and or social justice warrior agenda, well, I'll just say this. If you're looking for a feminist agenda, you're probably bound to find it. So many YouTube internet commentants, Savage criticized Series 11 and then followed it up by criticizing the Captain Marvel film. Oddly, most of these critics seem to love the Shazam film, which, to be honest, also has some SJW elements. After all, Billy Batson's foster family is blended and multicultural, yet for some reason Shazam gets a pass for doing this that Series 11 and Captain Marvel did not. Long story short, and apologize for the long email, I think Chibnall wanted to do something different, and I think he held himself a bit back rather than fully embracing the mantra of change. I think the big reason for this is that there was an assumption that it strayed too far for that the Hoovians would block. Given the reaction of Series 11, I think that's true, which for me I think is a little sad. I'll probably accept the role of Series 11 apologist, and while it certainly wasn't a perfect series, I do think it was the most different and interesting Doctor Who series that I've seen in a long time. Mark Heffernan. Good letter, Mark. Thank you so, so much. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I think you hit on a lot of points that we did bring up last week. I do disagree that this series felt a lot like the first Doctor era, just because it shouldn't have been Graham in the front. It should have been the doctor and the doctor should have been in the doctor role, not Graham in the doctor role. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So, you know, that's the only thing I have to disagree with you, but otherwise I think you were pretty, you know, spot on there. And I do think certain points where Chibnall was headed in a certain direction. I do think he backed down a little bit. And I don't think any of the villains that they had this season were memorable or worth bringing back or even continuing into a second season or further down. It's just not, you know, even the one that, uh, was it Ryan sent, you know, into the prehistoric past or something, uh, in the Rosa story. I don't, I don't ever want to see that guy again. I don't ever want to see Tim Shaw again or that chewy alien thing, whatever. No. <laughs> So, no, there's nothing really, you know, worth coming back to. You know, and that's kind of disappointing. You know, yeah, there are some one-off villains that were fantastic throughout the series, from old series or new series. And, you know, that's great. But, and all villains don't need to be recurring Cybermen or Daleks or Ice Warriors or whatever. You know, God, (laughs) I did not ever want to see those farting aliens ever again. And they were big time in Sarah Jane. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So, you know, I, I don't think, you know, you know, Dr. Who is about history and this ignored history. And I think that's what bothered me the most. I don't mind taking chances and I don't mind them putting out, you know, the doctor's female, get over it. You know, she's the smartest person in the room. Let her be. Don't hold her back. Don't put Graham as the doctor role. That's not what the show is about. The companions are there to support the doctor, not be in charge of the doctor. 
But, you know, I think everyone gave us some really good feedback. And I think, you know, thank you for these letters, everyone. Please keep them coming. If you have more comments, definitely would love to hear them. Absolutely. And if there's a, another topic that you would like us to tackle, um, you know, whether it, uh, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, we've got, we've got a lot of time between uh, now and the uh, premiere, whenever that may be a lot of, time. <laughs> of the new season. A lot so, of time. Yeah. So we'll do anything to avoid trial of the time Lord. So <laughs> um, if you've got something that uh, you would like to us to tackle, uh, feel free to send it to us because we'll take a look at it and, you know, get a group together and you might be even among that group. Exactly. You know, if you give us the idea, you're welcome to join us on the station here. And, you know, you could help us watch the paint dry till Dr. Koo comes back <laughs> on. So, you know, definitely please write us eswpodcast at gmail.com. We would definitely love to hear from you guys. I think this is a good time to take a break and we'll be back in a moment and we will talk all about the 8th of March. Do you like scary movies? Well, we do too. That's why the Spooky Dudes are talking horror movies every single week. We discuss the latest in horror news and review a different film in each episode. We'll bring you our opinions on the classics, the new stuff, and a little bit of everything in between. So if you enjoy horror movies and lighthearted fun discussions, check us out. The Spooky Dudes Podcast right here on the ESO Podcast Network. Everyone, welcome back. Now we are talking all about the 8th of March. It's four full cast adventures featuring characters from both new series and old series. It was interesting. I enjoyed it. It, you know, some of the stories I liked more than others because of the characters. And, you know, I liked hearing, you know, some of the team ups they had and you had characters meeting each other for the first time in a couple of these and they worked really well. I don't think any of these didn't work together, but what do you guys think? I thought the first one was the weakest one, but I still enjoyed it. The river song one. Yeah. I mean, and I love river. Don't get me wrong, but for some reason it just, the story felt a bit flat to me and I, there weren't as many sparks between river and Leela as I was hoping for. I think part of that was just the way Leela was written. She wasn't, she didn't feel in character to me. I haven't heard any of the continuing adventures with her on Gallifrey. So I don't know what they've done with her, but she seemed, I hate to say it, almost civilized compared to how she used to be on the TV show. Yeah, exactly. She was toned down. And, well, uh, not only that, but she seemed kind of like she didn't add anything. Like, I don't, I was kind of, I was, I'm, I'm like you guys where I was, you know, I mean, Leela, the Leela, I'm not going to lie. The, uh, the, the Leela and River Song one, it was like the one I was like, that's the one I'm looking forward to most, right? Those are two of my favorite characters ever in Doctor Who and beyond. And, um, and uh, I was really looking forward to, to this one. And, and it starts right off the bat. And, uh, yeah, listening to it, I was, 
I was not, uh, I was, I kept waiting for Leela to like prove herself in this story, uh, to do something that was, you know, both Leela like and yet integral to the outcome. And she really didn't. So, uh, that was a shame. Um, and you know, some of the other characters, um, get, get used a little bit like that too. I, look, I, I, I will admit out of all four of them, um, I can't say that I was like over the moon thrilled with any of them. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's a nice sampler. Uh, I like all the characters that they had. Um, and it was kind of cool, like just listening to continuing adventures featuring all these characters. Uh, but um, overall, uh, I was not terribly impressed. I thought that uh, um, that they were just uh, the the stories were overall. Some of them had good premises, but they went on too long. Um, they, you know, like we meant we joke about like how sometimes a Doctor Who serial will go on and have too many more, like too many chapters. I kind of felt like uh, the the one featuring Ace and Bernie Summerfield was like that should have been like sh- half as short as it was. I really enjoyed that one. I think that may have been my, well, probably my second favorite one. I think I like the Pattern Oster Gang one. Yeah, I'll have to say that I'll, I'll, I'll second that. The Pattern Oster Gang one was probably my, my favorite of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I liked how they all tied together, and it's kind of cool that we got to interview two of those people there. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah it was i like that story i thought it was the most well-rounded and i also enjoyed you know the characterizations you know and you know you had and i'm glad it was pretty awesome that you know dan starkey as strax was very minimal in it because he was captured but yeah. you know and i'd like that it focused on jenny and madame vastra well, I should hope so. I mean, the whole point of all yeah, these well, adventures well, no, is to exactly. focus on the women characters. Well, no, exactly. And I thought it worked really well. That's where I was going with it. And the story was a lot of fun. Yeah, Jenny Ketron Stewart, she had a great part. I mean, mm-hmm. she really, she got to do a lot. She got to do a lot both separately and with Vastra. And, mm-hmm. and their personalities really shone through. I mean, they did a great job of, of acting those characters in audio. Felt like they were the characters and not not the actors. Mm-hmm. And really- I did I did like you know anytime you saw them during the Matt Smith era, especially you felt like they were having other adventures away from the Doctor. And I did I thought it was pretty awesome that you know you, now you're getting in Big Finish to see these adventures and this is just you know this is almost like making me now want to go out and pick up a couple of the other adventures they have. Well, they, they're getting their own series, the Paternoster Gang. They're yeah. in June of 2019. It's called the Heritage Series, and they're getting four box sets. And I am so glad they're doing that. <laughs> yep, exactly. It's like, ooh, that whetted my appetite for it. So it was a lot of fun. And um, I didn't mind the Ace story because I've always been a big – Ace is one of my favorite companions. So – and it was neat to hear – her with Bernie Summerfield and you know, it was mostly ACE and I liked the little cameo at the end by Sylvester and, you know, but I love how ACE had to be the doctor in this one pretty much. Yeah. This one felt like to me that this was originally an ACE and doctor story and they rewrote it. 
Um, I really got that sense from that one, that this, uh, that, uh, that, that story in particular was, uh, and, and Ace was great. Uh, I, I did, um, like I said, I don't, I didn't have a problem with any of the performers, um, of any of these. I thought, uh, everybody was actually really, really good. Uh, but Sophie probably out of ever all the stories, Sophie had to probably carry the, the most weight in a story with, with hers. And it seemed like a lot of times she was just talking to herself or talking to us to let us know what was going on. But, um, I thought she was fun. Um, and I didn't really get a sense like, Okay, so if this is a, a sampler, um, you know, I don't think they did a terribly great job introducing all of these uh, characters to people who had never who who'd never uh, had seen them before. Like, if I had not been familiar with uh, River and Leela, I I would not like after listening to that, I would not be compelled to follow their adventures at all. Um, Ace. And Bernice, I would, I, I like Ace and I think she was strong in it, but I, I, this, this is the first ever thing I've listened to or read or anything with Bernice Summerfield in it. And to be honest, I, I don't really get, I don't really feel like I got to know her at all in this. It wasn't uh, a, a great vehicle for Bernice. I mean, she's actually a character that was created by Paul Cornell in the books. Yeah, I know the I know the the history of her, but I she's don't a know great like character. And you're yeah, right. she's they she's been around quite, Big Finish for a long time. Yeah, they did not capture her in the way they mm. could. They her. did not do her justice at all in this one. Yeah. Well, like I said, she seemed like a substitute of the Doctor. Like the Doc, it was originally written. It felt like it was originally written for the Doctor to be. You know, because I kept wondering, you know, Ace kept going back to the TARDIS and it's like, where is the doctor? Where's the doctor? And I'm like, I'm sure he's like, hasn't it, hasn't it, like, hasn't the idea crossed your mind that he's like one of the books? Like he's been captured? Um, but uh, no. So it seemed like they purposefully steered us away from that to just, like I said, it seemed like it was a doctor story. Where The others didn't feel like doctor stories, but that one really did. It was interesting because, you know, I also felt like the villain in that one, it felt like the villain was Gollum from the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, but there was a lot of scene chewing. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. Sure. My books, my precious. <laughs> it was just like, oh, God, you know. It, it, yeah, that one, I that I had the problem with. The unit story I enjoyed, too. I didn't think because I haven't heard any of the solo unit stories. No, I've done. Um, but they're they're characters that you're familiar with, and it was cool that it had the two Osgoods. Yeah, I love the two Osgoods. She was very good, Ingrid Oliver, at, at distinguishing between those two on audio, which could not have been easy. Right. No. Yeah, the the plot of that one felt like an episode of Torchwood to me. Uh, yeah, which I guess very is, much so. Yeah, you know, yeah, which I can see that. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, and not in a bad way. Uh, I thought that one, uh, I was kind of interesting. Um, but you know, at the, the end reveal was kind of, uh, like I got, I actually got kind of confused as to what was going on, um, audio wise, like, uh, cause they kept having like, and especially when they kept going back and forth and they, it was just, um, not, not really clear to me exactly uh, how that played out at the end, but, um, and I do have, you know, look, nobody does this stuff better than big finish, 
but that doesn't mean in my eyes that they're beyond criticism that they couldn't do better because I, I did feel like there were times where I think it was in particular uh, for uh, during emancipation, the first one with river song and Leela where they're walking and talking and, Oh my God, it sounds like they're on horses. Like, like <laughs> the clop, 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 clop. I'm like, tone down the the feet like i get it they're walking but i i i can barely hear the dialogue over the clopping of these like <laughs> these feet i i just thought it was uh kind of uh, annoying at times uh some of the audio cues were like just uh, d- they didn't they didn't thrill me so yeah no, I mean, agreed happens a lot on audio the whole the walking thing or they they exaggerate certain sounds yeah. And it's not really necessary. I mean, look, we don't like, you know, I mean, granted, we take it for granted on TV and stuff when we just see people walking and they're talking and there is a sound there, but we just don't, I mean, we don't, we tune it out, but I, I think that uh, they could dial it back so that it's not, you know, necessary. Uh, One of the things they do have to do is work on their audio levels too. Cause I noticed yeah, some of the sound mixing was horrible in this. Really? Oh, we're listening to it in the car on the way back from Florida. And, you know, when the themes came on, like for river songs, <laughs> it like almost blew the speakers. And it's just like, oh, Jesus, Judy was sleeping and she was like, what the? <laughs> Keyword is was sleeping. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. And it was just like, and then also some of the conversations between the two, the characters on it, some were like very low mic'd and then others were very hot. And it was just like, it just wasn't working well. I thought the unit one was the best one out of all of them done that way. Cause the one with the, uh, with Strax and, you know, Madame Vastra and Jenny, some of the bad guys I could barely hear in some of them. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't have that problem with that one. Um, I, I would, I would vote for the the worst audio one to be uh, probably uh, the one with river. And uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree too. Mm-hmm. So, Cause I could, so it was a rough start. <laughs> I could barely understand that one person who was the assassin, you know, it was just like, and then when she, you know, fell into the time vortex, I was like, what just happened? I had to re- rewind it to hear a second time. Yeah. The other thing about the River Song one. Um, okay. So we've, we've listened to two series uh, of the River Song Diaries. And I think there's what, three more now? Uh, I think there's we're, three more. I think there's five. Yeah. We're really behind on that. But we've listened to, and, and I think we've, you know, mixed opinions of those two series that we've listened to. So this will be the add to that, you know, um, uh, the one, but, uh, I get a little tired of the whole, like I'm river song and I know who you are, but I can't tell you who I am. Um, like that happens in every story that she teams up with someone. And I'm like, it, it gets kind of annoying. Like with this one, like what's the harm in like telling Leela who she, I don't, I just don't understand that at all. Like at this point, I, it just seems like it's just kind of a, you know, it's a it's a trait that she does, but I, I don't know exactly why, and it gets kind of annoying. Yeah, well, it just gets in the way of the story, especially in this one. 
Well, and it's so annoying. It's like, I'm, it we, need, we need to team up, and I know all about you, but I'm not going to tell you anything about me, and except for occasionally hint at who we might have in common. And it's all cute for, like, the first couple stories, but after, like, listening to this is the, what, eighth or ninth that I've listened to like this, and it just, it gets kind of old. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, because... Especially when there's no reason for it. I mean, they both, like, yeah, I don't, like, this is an older Leela, Right. This is a Leela that's on a mission from Gallifrey. I mean, she's she's not got anything invested. She's not going to I don't know. I just don't understand why. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, she doesn't have to say that they're married. Maybe that's a secret, but she knows him like that's who they have in common. Like, yeah. she, and I mean, and, and it's obvious she knows. Him. I mean, it's it just starts to get to be a, <laughs> a while, yeah. you know. It's just kind of an old stick that it's like, ugh, now we have to like, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to like the, the other series that we haven't heard, especially to hear her team up with like the fourth doctor. But um, you know, if it's just going to be a, like another little, like, who are you? And she's like, I can't tell you, but Spoiler. exactly. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, ah, that's going to ruin it. No, agreed. That was getting tiring. And, you know, we have a mutual friend in common and everything. Yeah, yeah. It would have been yeah. great also, truthfully, with that story, if, Leela, if uh, sorry, Romana would have shown up at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When they first said Romana's name, I was like, ooh, is she in this? Because I kind of went in cold. Uh, like, I was listening to these, and I had no, like, I didn't really read up first. I just played it so i didn't know which stories were happening in which order i didn't know who was starring and i knew kind of roughly who was going to be in them but i had no idea like who was going to team up with who or whatever and uh um so for me listening to it it was kind of nice to be to be you know like oh okay this is the one with this person you know that kind of thing um but that yeah, I just would have liked it if uh, Romana popped up or something, or I don't know. The minute they said her name, I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. She's gonna be," and then she's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I I thought that too because I didn't know much about it either. And when I thought it was funny when River was posing as Romana, and I thought, <laughs> "Oh, Romana's gonna come along, and that'll all fall apart." Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and both. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they originally wrote it so that it was supposed to be Romana. And then that couldn't happen, so then they squeeze Leela in because both both River and Leela are are supposed to be Romana. And I'm like, do, do these people not know what Romana looks like? Yeah, well, <laughs> obviously not. You know, they were just impressed that the Time Lords. Well, were then there. again, she could regenerate, right? So she could look at like exactly. And you know, according to the Big Finish, it's the new Romana, Romana Three. So, oh yeah, I don't even know. Like, yeah, when these take place and what they're, yeah, that's I don't I don't know any of that. So, I mean, trying to play, trying to fit these in, these stories in with any continuity that's in Doctor Who for like for real, just gives me a headache. So, no, throw it out the window, dude. <laughs> throw it completely out the window. <laughs> just don't try to. You, you you're gonna hurt your head if you do that. You know. Some of it's fairly easy because, you know, depending on like with the doctor, different doctor stories, depending on who the companion is, you could figure into some of the continuity where it is. But then when they get into some of the stories where they have brand new companions like Bernie Summerfield or something. And there's other ones in the, you know, with the sixth doctor, the seventh doctor, you know, who have other companions you've never heard of. And, you know, other than Big Finish, it's just like, uh, okay. Um, I, I think we should point out, sorry, go ahead. 
No, I, I was just going to say, I think even Tom's doctor has a different companion in some of his stories. Yeah, I think it, I think that's true. Um, I think we should point out, so not only is this the 8th of March in honor of um, International Women's Day feature uh, female companions and all sort of, or not, not just companions, but female characters, um, uh, but they're all written by women. Um, and, uh, I, even though I was thinking going in that there was going to be some central theme or some tie, like some, something that tied the four stories together, um, there's nothing really overt about that. There's no, it's not one continuous storyline with the, with four different adventures. It's just four completely separate adventures. Uh, but I did notice some similar themes, um, there, each one seemed to involve, um, some sort of transformation and stealing identities uh, or, or holding back identities, uh, particularly from women characters. Uh, I noticed that I think in all four stories feature something of that nature. Uh, I noticed that there was a lot of manipulation going on. Right. Had the theme of being somehow the characters were being manipulated. I mean, those are things that, that women face. Sure. Time. And so, but I'm not sure that that was actually meant to be a theme throughout the whole stories, or it was just a consequence of them being female writers writing about what went face. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, look, I don't know if they what what these women uh, the, who wrote it were given as far as their instructions, like as far as like what they were asked to do, or if they were just asked to come up with anything. But um, you know, I, I did think it was. Like I said, I kept, uh, I thought maybe after the first two episodes, I thought, well, maybe there's a link because it does seem like we are treading like similar ground as far as this transformation and all that kind of stuff. But um, it was not, you know, there was no overlying villain or any, any sort of uh, sense that that was happening. So I, I didn't, uh, I, I quickly abandoned that, but, but I did think it was interesting that, uh, that all of them seemed to deal with that. Um, some somewhat subtle ways, and but more really overtly. Obviously, emancipation deals with it quite overtly, uh, as does Big Big Blue Book, which are the first two stories. So I think they were at least they were the first two I listened to. I don't know if they were supposed to be in any sort of order, but mm-hmm. exactly. And yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I think you pretty much could read, you know, listen to them in whichever order you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think it mattered. No, it doesn't matter at all because. If there, if there was like something that was resolved at the very end, you know, of the unit story, I missed it. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. thought that um, uh, we haven't really talked a lot about Narcissus. I, I, I thought that out of all the stories, um, you know, we kind of, uh, I, like I said, I kind of mentioned that Bernice seemed a bit wasted uh, in the big blue book, but in Narcissus, uh, Narcissus, right? Am I yeah. pronouncing that right? No, okay. Um uh, I thought that actually Kate was kind of, I mean, she's there, but she didn't really do a I didn't think she did a lot. Yeah. Um, and in some cases I thought some of the writing of her character was, was not, was not very complimentary. I thought that, that she seemed kind of like not very smart at times. I didn't see that. I didn't, I thought she was the one put pushing the pieces together, you know, assigning the different Osgoods to, you know, go out and even one of them, you you don't know which one it was, but one of them, the Zygon creature that, you know, version of Osgood, you know, was able to take shape of another, you know, member of unit. 
and was able to go into, you know, try to infiltrate the, you know, the dating site. And, you know, it was just, it was interesting that she, you know, she was the one pushing the pieces, kind of what a brigadier should do. And, you know, the commanding officer. And, you know, she set up the pieces trying to, you know, hey, we have you know, proof that you're being infiltrated by the alien virus, you know, on your on your website. And, you know, the whole, you know, the whole thing with that and what the other member of, you know, unit was going behind her back and pretending to be the reporter. And I yeah, thought it was real. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was going to be revealed that that was part of her plan, but it wasn't. And I think that's what I was disappointed because I was like, I, she seemed in the first part of the story, she seemed so together. Like she was legitimately like making sure that the two Osgoods were doing something else while she and the other one was, uh, uh, were like looking into, you know, the disappearances and everything. And so I thought that was going to, play into like that be part of her plan but it when it turned out that it wasn't part of her plan i think that's when i was just a little disappointed nope agreed i could i could see that and you know because you had the you know had everybody you know going off on their own it seemed like and she should have been in better control so that i agree with i mean i feel like they even did that to her on the tv series a bit yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sure yes i'm i think you're right i think you're right i i actually i love the kate stewart character i wish they would do more with her i felt also that she did not get used well in this story or at least for part of it and uh i mean i do now the osgood's got a great part i mean ingrid oliver found a great <laughs> part um but yeah i mean it, it's she doesn't kate stewart needs to come across as as more of a leader than she sometimes does i think Right. Well, even when, you know, in the 50th anniversary special of Doctor Who, when, you know, she had the TARDIS picked up by the helicopter and she contacted the doctor and she was like, you're in the TARDIS? Oh, my God. You know, like she was not prepared for that. Mm -hmm. And it just is like, "Mm." yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Military person. She's worked her way up through the rank. She's the leader. It just, it doesn't make sense for the character. Yeah. And she's also, you know, the daughter of the brigadier, right? So mm-hmm. like she should be, she should know some stuff like, mm-hmm. and, and she should not be afraid to take command um, because he certainly wasn't. And not to say that she should be a clone of him, but you know, like um, certainly that sort of, uh, in, in 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 some cases, I would like to see her be just as authoritative, but smarter. Um, and I guess maybe sometimes when she's not, uh, I get a little bit disappointed. So, um, but uh, so that was um, that was that. I, you know, I mean, it was it was all right. I thought, um, but obviously, yes. I mean, I don't know if we we you know want to want to rave any more about it. But the one with the Paternoster gang was was my favorite, and. And look, I mean, uh, four of the women who who participated in this, I've met within the last couple of years. So that's always, that's pretty cool. Uh, but obviously spending time at uh, at uh, Conque with both uh, Neil McIntosh and uh, Catherine Stewart was like, 
Like that's like, I was so happy because when we were on stage with uh, Catherine, she didn't know what she was going to be doing next. She had, she didn't even know if she was going to be doing big adventures. I mean, we kind of hoped that she would and she thought she would. So it was really nice to hear her in this and, uh, and the fact that they're, they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Really, she did a great job. I really thought she brought that character to life. Yeah. Yeah, which is not the same as on on video and I I applaud her for that. <laughs> oh, you liked her better you thought her uh, better in this and than and uh, in actually some of the shows? No, I don't think she was better. I think she oh, I get you. the whole different way of acting on audio gotcha. and I thought she she aced it. Ha uh-huh. ha. She did it. But <laughs> <laughs> um No, that that was Sophie. Um uh-huh. yeah. Uh, I found an interesting. Good. I've I've heard several aces, and she's just she's great. She sounds so young. She I know. Does. I don't know how she does it, but she sounds just like Ace always did. Well, if, Mikey, if you go back to the interview we did with her, and that was almost gosh, that was almost eight years ago when we interviewed her at TimeGate. She sounds exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. She's. Yeah, it's not voice manipulation. It's not a thing. It's no trick of the boards. It's it's all her, mm-hmm. uh, and she's she sounds just as young and as energetic as she did when she was first doing those. Like it's amazing. Um, I thought it's interesting on the cover that uh, Madame Vastra is like the is the center of the, the of the shot. Like, and all the other women. Like, you would think uh, that it would be you know just because of Alex. And her popularity and everything, you would think they would put River Song like right set dead center in the middle, but um, nope. Uh, I don't know how they decided who would be like you know who would get the the center spot uh, with all the cast, but uh, it's kind of fun that it's uh, it's Madame Vastra. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were just trying to distinguish it from Diaries of River Song. <laughs> Maybe I, I don't know. I mean. Uh, and certainly, you know, for a big finish in their relationship with Bernie Summerfield, you'd think that, you know, you you just you would excuse them and forgive them if they wanted to make Bernice like right dead center. Like, that's our character, you know, but uh, no, nope, they didn't. I like the different characters and I just liked, you know, I enjoyed it and I definitely would recommend this for people to listen to. Oh, I would, too. I, I totally enjoyed it. I... <laughs> I liked it. I don't know that I would. Uh, I don't know that I would recommend. Would I recommend this story? Uh, this whole thing? I don't know. I mean, I think it depends. Like, if someone really liked these characters, I've been like, yeah, they're okay. Um, but I, I don't know if I could. I could. I could justify. Because, you know, at the end of this month, it goes up in price. And I think it's like, because it was like 25 or 20 pounds, and it's going to go up to like 30 or 35 or something like that. I don't know. It, it says something about them going, like at the end of April, it's going to uh, increase in price. So, um, uh, so I, I don't know that I could justify and say, hey, yeah, it's worth $25. Uh, no, no. Um, I, I I think I it, if, if you're I, a fan I, of these characters, I do think so. Okay, well, it's fair. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. I mean, if you are a big fan of these characters, if you've never listened, if you've never, 
if you're not familiar with these characters at all, I, I don't think I could say you should start here. Yeah, well, I may agree with you there that maybe you shouldn't start here. But I think for me, I mean, overall, I I just I really enjoyed it. This was frankly, I enjoyed it more than some of the Diary of River Song. No, no, I I don't disagree with that either. <laughs> <laughs> because as we've discussed when we reviewed those, some of those were n- exactly. disappointing. Disappointing. And, you know, look, I mean, Big Finish is, like I said, they're, 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 they're the best at what they do, and I, I, in my opinion. And uh, we've listened to some that are pretty, pretty damn good, and we've listened to some ones that are okay, and I would put this more in the okay category. Certainly not because it, 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 it uh, has a feminist agenda, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that clear. <laughs> Oy, that just popped its ugly head up again. If only it were all male. If it was just all the male companions, that would, like, if it, you know. So Strax that would be six the, characters? Like, like <laughs> Strax is featured on the cover, and, you know, you've got a. <laughs> You've got Rory in the background. And Jamie and <laughs> Exactly. <Jamie. laughs> Harry Sullivan, you know. And Danny Pink. Is that what you said? Did you say Danny Pink? <laughs> oh me. I you know And oh, Adric. You, know you can't forget Adric. No, 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 no. Okay, guys, you know what would make this perfect? If it was just Graham. <laughs> But, dude, dude if I if I wanted that, I just watched the last season of Doctor Who. <laughs> well, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up for tonight, kids. It was a lot of fun talking to everybody, and you know, it it was a lot of great fun. And we want to do more big finishes. So, if anyone has suggestions for us, please write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com or like we said earlier if you have any ideas for discussions we loved the discussion last time so we'd like to be doing a lot more of that so please definitely write us and let us know what you think would be great topics you know and we want to see you all at hulanta in a few weeks exactly mike and i will be at hulanta well, we'll have one more episode before Hulanta coming out, but we definitely want to see you guys and definitely talk to everybody. And Sunday at 11 a.m., Mike and I will be on a panel. Sadly enough, Mary will not be able to join us for it, but we're going to be talking all about who was your first doctor and why did Woo-hoo. you stick with the series? So it's going to be a lot of fun to do and chat about. And of course, you know, Next time when we come to you, we are going to be looking at Vincent and the Doctor. That's right. We're going to the 11th Doctor era. We haven't reviewed that one up here yet. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to do. And Jen, Allen will, Jen Allen will be joining us from the last episode. That was her pick for her one of her favorite stories. And she said, yes, I know I picked a depressing episode, but it's so good. <laughs> So so it'll be a lot of fun to watch that one again. So please, you know, from Mike, Mary, and myself, thank you for listening. Mary, do you want to promote your stuff real quick? You can find me at uh, maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVisionArts. Excellent. And we will see you here next time on the Earth Station Who podcast. Peace. And we're done. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. 
All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. You know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret. All your favorite shows will still be available for free as always, but now you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign up for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is click on the link on the top navigation of the ESO Network website or go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.